Are you a leader looking to create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, we're going to be joined by fitness coach Yuri Doroshuk. Now, Yuri not only is somebody who helps family men, family members who are experiencing the dad bod, they've put on the COVID-20, what, the college 15 that never went away, whatever it is, uh, you've probably packed on a few pounds since your youth, since your young days, and you want to have that nimbleness, you want to have that fitness to be able to keep up with your kids, to be around for the long term, all those good things. Now, Yuri not only helps you do just that, he was once a client himself. Uh, seeing that he was experiencing just low levels of energy, uh, low productivity, and so much more, he realized what he needed to do was to get his fitness back in check and to fit that into his overall life. So sit back, relax as we share Yuri's story and pull away some practical lessons that we can apply to our own lives. Here we go. All right. Hey, Yuri, thanks for calling in from, well, the same town I'm in, Dallas. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. How are you, my man? Oh, man, doing great. And I'm, I'm glad this day has finally come. We booked this way back in uh, like 2003. No, okay, no. <laughs> it's been a few months. I, I was wondering if this was actually going to happen right? because it was booked so far out. I'm like, did you forget? No. Nope. Am I going to forget? <laughs> but we're here. Uh, it's a good thing, thing like this thing called a calendar exists. Otherwise, I would have forgotten because I would have just been like, oh, hey, look over here. But yeah, I, I do blame my friend Alex Sanfilippo. He invented something called Podmatch. Yeah, and I think that's how we got connected. And it, it filled up my calendar for 2023 in, in like a month and a half. So by February wow. this year, the whole year has been booked. And I'm like, oh man, I keep meeting great people and like, hey, how does 2024 sound for you? And they're like, dude, it's March. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I want some more. Well, I'm glad that. to be on your show, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm glad to hear that you're in the Dallas area. I mean, we'll have to, to link up sometime and yeah, help me unlock some of these mindsets. And, and so you're the founder of Health changeracademy.com and uh, you help folks with you know losing weight especially if they're parents and so that that got me thinking you know like in life you know those of us who go off to college experience the freshman 15 they say and then covid the pandemic hit and they used to have something called the covid 20 i think it was and and then of course fatherhood a whole different stage of life that brings something called the dad bod to life which could be anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds. Or in my case, before I was a parent, I weighed 160 to 165 pounds. Of course, I was in the army. They made me work out. But then I became a dad, got out of the army, and I ballooned up to 230 pounds and creeped up on, crept up onto 240 pounds. And I'm five foot four. So that's not a good good spot for me to be in. And and that weight has fluctuated like a roller coaster ride between 170 to a 235 pounds over the last, gosh, my kids are 20 and 22 now. So that gives you an idea of how long that roller coaster ride has been. And, and so now I've been putting things in place that'll help get there, stay there and, and hopefully not go back up. And, and it, a lot of it I found out really has a lot to do with mindset. And when I learned that's what you were talking about and what you do uh, to help unlock our potential, I was like, 
Yuri's got to be on here, man. This is one, because personally, I will benefit from this conversation, but I know everybody else listening in will take away some takeaways too. And But you weren't always like this fitness guy helping people out. I, I think it, it's kind of like, what was it, the, the hair club for men? This You're probably too young for this, but there was this dude get on TV, like in the middle of the night talking about hair loss and, you know, like not only is he the president, but he was also a client and they pull up a picture of him when he was bald, but he's got this full head of hair. And and so from what I understand, Yuri, you were kind of like that. Like you weren't just this fit guy helping other people get fit. There was a time when you put on some pounds as a father and that busy lifestyle kept it that way. Tell us a little bit about that experience when you had the dad bod and kind of hit that rut physically. Yeah, Jerry, I had the most perfect dad bod. And so a little bit about me, back in 2005, I actually entered the health and fitness industry. I was a personal trainer at a local gym, did that for about three years. It was great. I was in the best shape of my life, but also I was like 19 years old. What do you expect? And so I ended up moving from California to Texas and went to school. And yeah, as a college student, gained some weight. And then ended up getting married my junior year of college. And so we ended up having four kids. Fast forward to 2018. That's when I kind of hit rock bottom. I was at the most weight ever. That was 225 pounds. I had four kids. Culture, society told me this was normal. You got to have a dad bod. You're a dad, you know. But I remember getting on an airplane and I was strapping the seatbelt around my waist. And I felt so much pressure around my pants. And so I had to loosen my uh, pants belt and then unbutton my pants just so I could kind of relax comfortably. And so I knew at that point, like, okay, something has to change because I just was, I knew there was more potential in me based on kind of where I used to be in life health-wise. But I was hesitant, Jerry, to be honest, to start this journey. You know why? Because I've I've already attempted at this point three times to lose weight, which I lost some weight. And then I ended up gaining it back, right? You lose 10, 15 pounds, you get excited, but then you're like, man, this isn't sustainable. What I'm doing to get here, I just can't do for the rest. So I knew this time if I was going to lose all of my weight, I had to lose in such a way that once I reached my ultimate goal, there's nothing else to go back to because the way I lost weight was realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable. You know what, Jerry? I love pizza. I love a little bit of ice cream. And I sure as heck like brownie and vanilla ice. Yeah, you're speaking my food groups here. (laughs) There you go. That's it. And so I knew that, man, if if I'm going to lose weight, I need to still eat uh, my favorite food. Otherwise, losing weight and like starving and cutting out carbs and not eating after six, anybody can lose weight that way. But can we maintain it off? And I found most parents, most dads, that is our struggle. Like, okay, we lose a little bit of weight, then life happens again. And then two years later, we're back to square one. And so I lost the weight in 2018. And you know, Jerry, that's when my passion for health and fitness kind of rekindled. Because at that time, I was in seminary. Mm -hmm. So I was actually planning on planning a church. And going full-time ministry. But because of my transformation, I'm like, you know, I really enjoy helping people in this area because 
when we feel good, when we look great, it has a meta effect on every other area of our life. And I found for myself and now for my clients that when I feel great, when I'm full of energy, when I could show up for my family in my marriage, then that just positively affects my spiritual life. It positively affects my career. It affects every area of my life, my relationship. Now I want to go out. Now I want to go shopping. I want to dress up. And so that is the starting point is how we look and feel. And then so in 2018, I launched my a full-time online coaching business. And so I virtually help busy moms and dads lose weight in a realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable way. And so that is kind of my story. And I've been doing it since. Love that. And I mean, you mentioned that the key thing that I even struggled with was that roller coaster. Like we, we lose the weight. We're like, yes. And then we're right back to it. And in some ways, it, it makes me think of that, that biblical scripture of like, you know, you, you kick the demon out of your house, but you didn't fill it back up with anything else. Yeah. And so the demon came back, realized the house was still empty and said, hey, buddies, come on with me. We're going to reoccupy this home. And it becomes even harder. And and that was the case for me. It's like, and for me, the, the aha moment wasn't, you know, hey, I look chunkier in these pictures, but it was bending over to tie my shoes and realizing I couldn't breathe for about 30 seconds while I tied my shoes. Or, you know, you learn to tie your shoes real fast or you start getting shoes that are slip on because you want to reduce that amount of time of not breathing. <laughs> and like, I don't think that's normal. Like other people throw their shoes on standing up and like yep. standing on one foot while they do it. I'm like, I, how? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm off balance. My weight isn't where it should be. I mean, my, the, the fat on me is pushing on my, my lungs. Like that's crazy. And, and so what are some of the, the traps that we fall into that get us on that yo-yo where we're like, Hey, we did it. Boom. And then we're right back to where we were. And you know, like, what are some of those traps? Yeah. I think we begin by asking the wrong question. In the beginning, most of us, when we want to lose weight, we ask the question of how can I lose weight? And so we go on this maybe rabbit hole, Googling and searching, what's the fastest way I can lose X pound? Because maybe we have a vacation coming up. Maybe there's some kind of wedding or some event that we want to look great for. And so we begin by asking the wrong question. Hey, how do I lose X amount of weight fast? And then we, you know, have our old things that we've tried that are tried and true and tested because we know we could lose weight, but we know we're not going to sustain it because we've put it back on, right? And so the question that we need to ask is, man, how can I lose weight in a way that once I reach my goal, there's nothing else to go back? Because the way I lost weight was realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable. Like that is the first question we need to ask. Uh, otherwise. We're going to get on some diet, lose the weight, put it back on in a few years, and we're back to square one. So asking the right question is key. And there's a few mindset kind of shifts that we need to make uh, in order for us to succeed. And I'll I'll say this, mindset is the number one overlooked aspect of our health and fitness journey. Mindset is. And so Instead of focusing on just the outcome goal of, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds. I, I want to get in a, you know, pants 34. I want, instead of just focusing on the outcome goal, I teach my clients to focus on the process goal. And the process goals is the type of person 
that I am becoming. So when I think about weight loss, I'm asking what type of person do I want to be? And so the way I answer it for myself is, well, I want to be a person, Jerry, that that works out three times a week, regardless of how crazy my schedule. And I want to be a person, Jerry, that drinks about a gallon of water each day. I want to be a person that doesn't eat out more than one time a day or eat home-cooked meal two times in a single day, right? So those are the types of things and everybody has their own kind of who they want to become. And when we focus on who we want to become, we're going to create new habits and new routines. And by focusing on the habits and routines, that outcome goal of weight loss will happen. It will, as long as you focus on who you want to become. But most people, and including myself, that's why I failed three times, is I focus on just the outcome of losing X amount of pounds. And you know what? When we do that, we're willing to do the most craziest diet, bending over backwards. You know, our family is eating quote unquote normal while dad is in the corner eating lettuce and drinking water and that's it. And so it just becomes so weird, so unsustainable, or like we're eating two separate meals from the family. Uh, It's twice the amount of work now because we're, you know, we're making the two different meals. And so it's just not sustainable. And and then we lie to ourselves. And this is what most people think. Well, once I reach my goal, then I'm going to transition to something sustainable. And that is the biggest lie that we buy. Because if you could transition to that sustainable thing, why don't you do it from the beginning and lose weight? So there is no such a thing as transitioning later to quote unquote maintain because maintenance is an illusion. It really does not exist. It's a principle of we're either growing or dying. We're either moving forward or going backward. This idea of I'm going to just maintain is false. In every sense, like marriages don't just maintain. You're either growing in your marriage or regressing, growing further apart, right? And so that is a huge piece early on in someone's journey. Yeah. And I noticed when we're focused on losing weight, like the whole thing is about loss of, well, the weight, loss of what we like to do, what we like to eat, loss of, you know, just that, I guess indulgence of being lazy for a moment. Whereas if you're thinking about that that process-driven goal of, I want to be the kind of person who drinks enough water every day, the kind of person who you know, exercises for 30 minutes X number of times a week or is able to go on a hike every day or, you know, whatever it is. One is more focused on gain or growth. The other one seems to be more focused on doing less stuff. I can see where the motivation wanes over time. And, and looking back on my own roller coaster, it's like, yeah, you know, the, almost every time, almost every time, it's like, you know, I can get back to my army routine of calisthenics in the morning, you know, push through the pain, you know, all the army gung-ho type stuff. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead. But then all of a sudden, like, I hurt my back. And it's like, oh, uh, you know what? It felt pretty good to be in bed for a week and not have to get up. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're good. I, I got close enough to my goal. Let me chill out. Uh, and then that's where it, it balloons back up. And Or, you know, it's just one piece of cake. You know, what? what's the worst that could happen? Well, eat another one and another one and another one. And, and all of a sudden, it's like every meal's got a piece of cake. Every meal's got a soda with it or 
big glass of milk and calorie tracking, whatever, you know, out the window. It's like takes too much time to plug stuff into MyFitnessPal. Do you see folks running into that same kind of thing? Or is that one of those, no, Jerry, just you kind of moments? <laughs> Jerry, what you just described, I'd say 99% of the people do. Uh, and those momentum, uh, I call a momentum killer. It's when you get on some kind of plan, you gain a little bit of momentum, and then something happens in your life that kind of crushes that momentum. It could be that vacation. It can be the holidays. Something, you get sick for a week. Something happens that derails you. And then a lot of times people have a hard time resuming where they left off because of that momentum killer. And to be honest, that's where accountability is extremely helpful. When you have someone in your corner that's fighting for you, that's standing for you, that has also invested in your result, in your goals, then that just kind of becomes your new uh, baseline. And it's much easier to plow through those momentum killers. And so sometimes an accountability piece can be a book, right? Jerry's book. Beyond the rut, like you read that book. Yes, let's go. Like, you read that book and there's some kind of coaching, right? There's, there's some kind of value that we get from reading your book. But like, if you want to take it up a notch, it's a, hey, let's just get coaching, for example, from Jerry and being able to text him and call him. That's another higher level of, you know, accountability there. And so that is why I'm a big firm believer of coaching. Because when you have someone in your corner, it's just much easier than doing it alone, having that momentum killer. And like you said, you stop, time goes by, you balloon back because you're doing it alone. Yeah. And a lot of us forget that, you know, thinking about the education system, for example, a lot of that until recently was geared towards, you know, like the desks in rows, the teacher at the front of the room. That is great and conducive for about 11% of the U.S. population today. That person who's very results driven, individualistic, you know, individual achievement matters and thrives in that kind of setting. That's 11% of the country. The other 89% is like the rest of the world, very collective, social type of learners. And, and so now you start to see classrooms shift in that respect where classrooms now set up in pods. You know, who's mad about this? The 11% who used to thrive in that kind of environment. Whereas the other 89% are like, wow, I understand this stuff. Or the parents are like, man, why didn't they do that for us? Well, research. But I could see where that carries over in fitness. I know for me, you know, I've been rucking every morning with a, now I just upgrade. I added 10 pound, a 10 pound plate into my pack just the other day, but I go rucking with a friend of mine named Mike. He was in the Marine Corps way back. I was in the army. So there's a little bit of that inter branch competition there uh, because we don't want to be the guy who sleeps in because then we get to make fun of the other branch or the other branch gets to make fun of us kind of thing. But when one of us gets sick, one of us gets hurt. The other guy's like, well, I don't, I'm not going on my own. <laughs> and, and that's all it takes is one of us to, to bow out and the other one's going to bow out as well. And I realized I don't work out unless there's some sort of social component to it. Somebody who wants to go along the journey with me. And, and so for me to get up at 530 in the morning and go rock for two to three miles, I, I do rely on Mike a bit because there's that competition, Army versus Marine Corps. He doesn't call it a competition. He's like, 
can the army really compete? I'm like, well, you sleep in too. So take that. <laughs> Granted, he's in his sixties and I have a hard time keeping up with him. So he's got that back on me, but he's tall. He's got a big stride. I got to practically run sometimes to keep up with him, but it is, Funny. it is that working in tandem together. You know, it's, you know, even my kids, like if they want to go on a hike with me or my wife wants to go on a hike with me, like if I wasn't going on the hike, they're not coming with me anyway. They're not, they're not going to hike on their own. So that accountability does play a big part and and being able to share that journey with others and say, hey, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. This is the progress I'm making. And and hearing the support from that has always been uplifting. And when I get away from that, oh, it's like nobody's watching. Nobody cares. I'm not going to do it. And then it's like, wait, I got back to where I was. So I, I love that idea around accountability. I think that was my long way of saying accountability is important, guys. <laughs> so for, let me add, yeah. let, let me add one more thing, you know, it, you kind of mentioned accountability, right? But then that the whole friend piece that you're talking about, I see that as community as well, yes. right? And so what a lot of people don't realize is, is that online, you could have community, right? And so that is why in, in my program, I do have a community aspect. We have a private Facebook group and a group chat thread. Because just like our faith, where we're stronger in community, it's the same thing for weight loss. When you're around other like-minded dads who are on mission to become healthier or happier, or amongst moms who are on mission to become healthier and happier, it's so much easier to stay on path and be consistent, all right? And especially when we feel like our unique situation is is the reason why we're not able to achieve our goal. And so when when a mom thinks, well, the reason why I just can't lose weight is because I have three kids. And then inside the community, you have Sally who has seven kids and is able to reach her goal. You're thinking, huh, what's my excuse? So that community piece is very instrumental to getting someone to actually reach their goal because they're not doing it alone. Yeah, it's the same way I started riding roller coasters, seeing that five-year-old come off the roller coaster I'm scared of. I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) I'm not not usually a proponent for the comparison game, but you can draw inspiration from that when you see somebody overcoming the same thing you're fearful of or talking yourself out of, and you see somebody going for it and getting it done. It's like, this what's stopping me you know it, it didn't stop that kid it I, I can go for it and and i love that you brought that up so there are i remember when we were chatting before this like five mindset hacks that guarantee weight loss success i think we've covered some of them already but can you kind of recap for us what are those five mindset hacks and then from there what's a practical piece of advice for each one of them that we could apply yeah so i'll share with you these five mindset shift that need to take place if you truly want to succeed in your weight loss journey. This is something that I teach inside my community. And so I just want to share with your audience as well, Jared. So the first mindset shift we need to make is approaching your weight loss journey one day at a time. Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we look at our big goal and think, man, this is going to take forever to reach. Or we might say, I have plenty of time. You know, I have all year to reach my goal. And before we know it, we're in the middle of summer, scratching our head, thinking we have yet to start. And so 
The first mindset shift is one day at a time. It's a one day program that you're doing. It's today. And can you do what you need to do today? And once you do, then tomorrow, the next day, you repeat it. One day program just for that day. It's kind of like AA, right? They don't, they don't focus on staying sober for the rest of their life. The principle there is, can you stay sober for today? That's all I want you to commit to, just today. And someone stays sober today, then the next day, the same mindset. Can I stay sober just for one more day? We need to approach weight loss in the same way. That's the first mindset shift. The second one is not every day has to be perfect. This is what kills most people because if they're not perfect, then they're like, okay, then it doesn't matter. I'm going to start over tomorrow or it doesn't matter. I'm going to start over on Monday. And so if you are on a weight loss journey, you need a strategy, a way that that will get you to your goal without having to be perfect. Because when that momentum killer comes your way, it's going to derail you. But if early on you embrace the mindset that, you know what, I don't have to be perfect every day. In fact, Jerry, see, get degrees. And when I actually created my program, Health Changer Academy, I thought of how can a C student get great results? How can they graduate and, and, and see the results that they're looking for? So early on, do not start a program. Don't start a diet. Don't start anything that's going to require you to be full-blown, 100% committed. Otherwise, you can't reach. That's going to set you up for failure. The third mindset shift that I teach my clients is your best meal comes after your worst meal. This is one of my favorite ones. Your best meal comes after your worst one. Essentially what that means, Jerry, is let's say you wake up Saturday morning, you're like, this is going to be a great weekend, crush my diet goals. And you walk into your kitchen and you trip and you try to grab onto your kitchen island to prevent the fall. But guess what? You end up falling, but you didn't see the box of donuts on the kitchen island. And those box of donuts just fly up into the air and as you're falling to the ground, your mouth is open and two donuts fall into your mouth. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to start over tomorrow because this day is messed up. Or I'm going to start over on Monday because today is ruined. And then what ends up happening is for lunch, we have leftover pizza. And then for dinner that day, we end up having that vanilla and brownie because after all, Jerry, I'm starting over tomorrow. Okay. That is a huge mistake and a huge thing that slows people's progress because there is no hard stop at midnight for as far as calories are concerned. Weight loss is a rolling number. Okay. Days bleed into one another. What I do today can impact my yesterday. What I do today will impact tomorrow. And so this idea of I'm going to start over tomorrow or on Monday hurts a lot of people's success and momentum. And so your best meal comes after your worst meal means this, Jerry, whatever you just ate that you deem to be absolutely the worst meal that's going to just throw you off, make your next meal count. Make your next meal be an on-track meal. And that's it. 
who cares what you had in the past? Next meal, make it on track. And the sooner you're able to do that, the more momentum you're going to get. And so the same principle can be applied to a week. Let's say you just had an awful week. It was just bad. You're you're ashamed of it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, right? I had had a pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is an awful week. Your best week comes after your worst. Awful month, Jerry, your best month comes after your worst month. And most people, they don't do this because that's why in January, a lot of times people will start their journey. They quote unquote fall off in February and then they just wait till next year, January. (laughs) Instead of saying, you know what? My March is going to be the best month because February was rough. Yeah. So making that switch early on is a game changer. And and real <laughs> uncanny though that you happen to know exactly how those donuts wind up in my belly. I just it, accidentally every single time I trip over the cat, boom, two maple glazed donuts. No, I'm kidding. So before we run out of time though, the fourth and fifth mindset hacks. Yeah. So the fourth one is winning streaks. You got to gamify it, right? And so there are certain things that I teach my clients to do each day, right? And those things mark as winning the day. So the three metrics early on in the program that we use is number one, did I do my workout? And I'm a big proponent of three times a week, 30, 40 minute workout. It's all you really need. This idea that I need to work out, you know, one hour, one hour and a half, four or five days a week. It's just not true. And as busy parents, we don't have that kind of time. So 30 minute workouts, three times a week. So the question is, did I do my workout today? Yes. Check. Did I track everything that I ate? Did I, do I have some kind of digital food journal or a physical food journal that I'm tracking what I'm eating just for awareness purpose? Check. And then did I drink a gallon of water? If I do those three things, I tell my clients, you won the day. You could go to bed knowing that you are on track. And that's day one. And then I ask them, can you do it again? And so we want to string together uh, days, what I call win streaks. And Jerry, if you're able to do 10, 15 day win streaks, right? Then you can go on that camping trip. You can go on that vacation for three, four days and then come back from that vacation, string together another 10, 15 days. And now you have a solid 30 days. And a four-day vacation that you didn't feel like you did great, it's okay. It's not enough to throw you off. So having those win streaks build tons of momentum. That is the fourth mindset shift. And the fifth and final one I teach people is take ownership and responsibility. Like it is on you. You cannot expect your spouse to go and clean out the pantry throw away all the tubs of ice cream because you are on a weight loss journey. Like hopefully they respect your decision to want to lose weight, but we can't expect them to change their schedule, to change, you know, the things that they don't bring into the kitchen anymore because dad is trying to lose weight or because mom is trying to lose weight. So nobody will want your transformation as much as you. Your friends won't. Your family members will. And so you got to just own it. People will, your friends will know that you're trying to lose weight. Yet at the same time, they're asking you, hey, let's go to this pizza plate. 
right? And you're thinking, wait, if you knew I was on a weight loss journey, why are you offering me to go to this pizza place, all-you-can-eat buffet pizza place, right? It's not their fault. They're your friend and they just want to have a great time with you. That's their job as your friend. But it's up to you to be able in certain situations say, look, guys, as much as I would love to, this may not be in alignment with what I'm trying to achieve. So perhaps we can consider this restaurant. Okay, let's go there. So you got to take full ownership and responsibility. Can't blame the cat. Can't blame the spouse. Can't blame the fact that you have kids. It has to be on you. And so that are the, these are the five mindset shifts. If you make, you will have way more success than if you just kind of find some diet that you just, you know, rely on the willpower, rely on crazy restrictive diets, which honestly won't be lasting. Yeah. And the cool thing about these five mindset hacks and, and shifts is that they're all momentum building. They, they're, they're minor little pivots that if you do this over time, you're going to build up that physical fitness, that, that wealth of physical fitness. I know we're running out of time here, but before we go, any final words of wisdom you want to share with those listening in? I'm going to give one more mindset shift. I wasn't going to share it, but this is actually one of my favorite ones as well. And it's time. Time, Jerry, is our friend when it comes to weight loss. Oftentimes, we want something that's going to give us the biggest result in the shortest amount of time. And here's why that is a huge bad idea. It's because it takes time to A, establish goals. They say 60, right? 66 days to establish a goal. But a goal is not what we're ultimately looking for. Because you and I know that goals can be established and a year later, we're no longer doing those things. So goals are not necessarily permanent. What is that? What's permanent is a lifestyle shift, lifestyle change. And research shows it takes about 18 to 22 months for something to truly become a lifestyle. All right. It's like brushing teeth. And so if it takes that much time, then there's no way of short-circuiting it, no way of, of of making it shorter. You want, but here's the cool part. If I can work out three times a week for 18 months, it's going to become a lifestyle change for me. Now, when I go on vacation, I'm not just looking for the best restaurant that's attached to the hotel. I'm looking for a solid gym that the hotel offers. Not because I have to, because truly, Jerry, I want to. This now excites me that I could bring my exercise shoes and workout clothes because I have to, but like brushing teeth, I want to. And so 18 to 22 months is that sweet spot when things become a lifestyle change. So next time you're thinking about losing weight, forget about how quickly I can lose it. Focus on the process goals and leverage time as your friend. Hit that 18 months, and I promise you, you will forever be changed, and you will realize eating healthier, exercising, you now can't live without. Anything under 18 months, it could be 12 months of consistent exercise, you may find yourself in a momentum killer, and then you're no longer exercising. 
So get to that 18 to 22 months and it's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Time is your friend. Awesome. Yuri, it was great to have you on here, folks. You can find Yuri at healthchangeracademy.com. That'll be in the show notes as well, which I'll put into the, the outro, which is coming right now, next after this. Yuri, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did. Uh, It turns out Yuri and I know the same pastor. Uh, He's good friends with my new pastor, and that's just a neat little side note that I learned. Uh, But if you want to learn more about what Yuri has to offer, uh, maybe sign up with him to help you lose that dad bod and get into that shape so that you're succeeding in the fitness part of the five F's. Now, remember, the five F's are your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and your future possibility. All those work together. If you're hurting in one area, chances are it's going to impact the others as well. So check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 403. You'll find links to Yuri's resources and any additional episodes that relate to fitness for dads. Um, So go check out those resources. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week for this episode, and I look forward to joining you again on the next episode. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care.